Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. He fell for it. It's a Hoboken hustle, man. Um, we are here. It's a... 80 degree day almost not not too windy i think nebraska is not on kansas level but it's close it's always windy in nebraska that's why i got a windbreaker on um this is old school uh jay foreman kenny wilhite austin ao on the on the ones and twos on brought to you by the, the mercato certified piedmontese special ingredients located at 84th and havelock every type of meat every type of cut and you go into the butcher shop always say what's up to them um as we alluded to um, we do got a special guest. I don't know when he's coming on, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's always going to be on and pop. What time is he coming on, Austin? You know? I'll leave that up to Kenny to decide. Okay. Yeah, cool. Well, hey, we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> um, but, we, you know, they had another practice today that media was there. I didn't know that they, they were allowed to live tweet. Um, we got Rob on the hotline. He said, Omar Hales posting the Memorial Stadium fireworks. Who do we sign? I do not know. If you do know, text us on the, on the Heart of Salmon text line, 402-464-5685. Let us know. You know, you should have your uh, eyes open, ears ears to the street, and uh, let us know what's, what's going to happen on the ones and twos. We have not heard in our uh, in our building. I'm, I'm assuming that means they signed somebody or maybe got to commit. Maybe it's a silent commit. But we had media members committed to going to practice today, um, live tweeting. And I think one of the biggest things I, I heard was when they had somebody on after practice, where they, you know they were talking about Coach Rayola, Coach Donnie, as I call him. And they, it, I think sometimes media members and definitely fans, they get so worried about who the coach is, and don't understand two things: who, like, the coach does matter, but you got to have players. And generally, if you hiring a new offensive line coach, that means something ain't go right in the first place. So just because you can go hire the best offensive line coach, Mike Munchak or somebody like like Alex Gibbs from the NFL, those two guys are, or even you know Bill Callahan, obviously he would never could probably come back to Nebraska or to that level. That doesn't mean he comes here and then all of a sudden you're gonna get guys that didn't finish blocks, considerably out of shape, lazy, weren't fully vested to all of a sudden. Start playing like they Anthony Munoz. You got to have players. Players make coaches. Right. And now, look, a coach can get the best out get of the be- You can get the best out of a player. But it's but- got to be a relationship as well. And it takes some time. I wanted to ask you this, Kenny, as a as a coach. And I know you've – obviously you've coached before. And you've came in, you know, obviously you know, as a coach after another coach has been there. Talk about what it's like – when you take over a room, right, or and or or and as a staff, as a defensive staff, and as a coaching staff, and you evaluate the roster, and you essentially got to make chicken salad out of chicken doo doo. Talk about that because that's huge, though, because you, you you're there to do your job. You're getting paid to do it. No coach is going to go in there and say, "Man, y'all are garbage." And you know what? You know we just might as well just throw this year off. 
because you have the coach mentality of I can make, make Jay better, I can make you know so and so better, and we can play better. But talk about that as you go through a season, and you're pushing guys and trying to push 85 different buttons, and you're getting you know you might be getting great results, you know especially in practice, and then you you know maybe minimal to uh, average results in the game. <clears throat> the the thing you hear with 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 coaching changes is those aren't his guys. Talk those, about those talk about guys. that though, because I think that is huge. When you take over, whatever, yeah, business or anything, th- th- those are your guys, right? So, as a coach, you got to get the best of the guys that you have now, right? Right now, that they may not be the best. Because you, you wouldn't be here unless it, unless the previous coach goes to a high, a higher level job. Like yes. you go from say like division two to division one double, you know, on and up. But there's not much a high. There's not a much bigger job than Nebraska. No. So you, the thing I hate hearing is those aren't my guys. Right. That's it. I think, and it's and it's been said over and over and over for years after for this. years. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let me ask so, you this: This has been said. How many times was it said in the meetings uh, in the in the building? I think too many. You're right. Too many. Um, <laughs> again, media says it. Right. Coaches say it. Um, but again, if when when I was coaching, and Tony Samuel, when we when he decided to get get me out back into coaching, right. We went to a certain school, and you know we started watching film. We was like, ooh. Right, ooh, but the fir- first thing, yeah, ooh, but the first thing he said is, "Let's coach him up." Right. Let's get him. Let's coach him up. So you coach him up. You coach him up to the best of your ability. Three, four weeks into the season, the guys that or the upperclassmen weren't getting it done. So he said, "Hey, let's start playing those younger guys. Let's take our lumps this year. Let's get those younger guys ready. ready. Let's get them ready, right. and we'll take off." Right. So that's what we did. We never said this wasn't he's he's never said right. these aren't our guys. Right. He just said coach them up. Coach them up to the best of their abilities and we'll see what we can get done. Right. So they weren't getting it done as a whole, so we started plugging in younger guys at certain positions, taking our lumps. Yeah, cuz see, I think my my view on it is is like if you put that out in the universe, like you might think it, you know? I mean, Yeah. You know, uh, but if you put that out in the universe, like you subconsciously start to coach Kenny and Austin a different way because I'm, I know I'm going to be with you for nine months, like, you know, however long the season is, you know, a year and heck, but I already, but I'm like, okay, well, you aren't my guy. So then I'm not going to give you my everything. So then the player gets that as well. And this is also this present day time with these athletes. If that was said when we played, I know I ain't read the Daily Nebraskan, and I, I'm no. sure the Lincoln Journal Star might have been around, but that's it. Yeah, I ain't reading it. I, I mean, just because I, it, I didn't read the paper. Now, you do one press conference, that thing is recycled, recycled, recycled. I think that's how you have media members saying it because they're going off of what you say. Because the example that I have is when Urban Meyer was hired at Ohio State, and I and, and I've, I can tell you two stories. In his first press conference, somebody asked him about it because he obviously had success at Florida. He's like, "These are my guys. The, the, they they Ohio State football. These are my guys." Now, he may he, have thought differently, but right. But he told him this: 
but then he, uh, then the, then he's like, look, we're gonna do it my way. If you don't want to be my do it my way, then you're not gonna be an Ohio State player. But if you're here, you're my guy. Now, I will say this is there's a linebacker there. He works for the Big Ten, and um, so me and him were talking. And I was asking about Urban Meyer, and he said, man, the first meeting that he told me, he said, uh, he said, he said, Urban Meyer told me, he said, look, man. I don't know how good you are. I know you started, but I don't know how good you are. You really aren't the type of linebacker I usually usually have because he's big. You know, he's a big, tall guy, mm-hmm. um, and he's big, and he kind of he was never the fastest, you know, but he thumper, and he could do enough, at, you know, covering the short hook area or whatever. He's like, but I'm gonna see what you can do. But trust me. But he's like, just to let me, just to let you know. Normally, you aren't my guy. Now, you end up being a captain, end up playing well, end up being second team all Big Ten, getting drafted. You know what I'm saying? But that lets you know that the coach is putting you on notice. But he's like, look, I ain't going to throw you away. Now, I know he was challenging him to get the best out of him. But that's an interesting story of a, of, of a coach that when he came there, he said, look, I'm embracing all these guys, and I'm going to get the best out of you. Now, they end up going with undefeated, and on you know they were on probation or whatever from the whole uh, – Jim Trestle thing or whatever. Um, but I, I think that's huge and it's huge in position groups as well. And sometimes whenever, you know, the quickest thing is, is I always tell people, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be right there in your ticker tape parade when you come in. Mm-hmm. But them same people that are writing articles about you or patting you on your back on the one kicking you in the butt and throwing banana peels at you on the way out of town. Now, I always say, look, a coach, coach, could there have been better coaches in situations? Sure. But I think it starts at the top because everybody kind of goes off of that because everybody becomes – you become a, a version of Coach Samuel just in Kenny Wilhite's coaching body and coaching mm-hmm. room. So for Coach Osborne as well. But then also I think, you know, it's like coming off the mountain that the players are going to kind of – emulate the coach and stuff like that, the head coach and stuff like that, because that's generally who they're seeing. That's who they, you know, um, you know, that's who they came to play, play for. Now, granted, I'm sure, you know, people came, obviously a lot came from Mickey and all the other stuff, but ultimately that's the head coach. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. if somebody asks, you know, who's the, you know, you're not going to, you know, Kenny Wilhite's defensive back coach. Well, you know, they're going to say Kenny White's, or Kenny Wilhite's the defensive back coach. Coach Sam is the head coach. Scott Frost is the head coach. Jay Foreman is the head coach. So forth and so on. So that is the ultimate coach that you're playing for. And I remember having a a, a, a talk with a coach and trying to get them to understand this at, at the link at local level at Lincoln. Like, dude, you got to understand these, these kids are coming to play for you, okay? And if you ain't communicating, and if you ain't emulating, and if they're seeing you doing some stuff that they don't necessarily agree with, they'll never they'll never run through. They'll never sell out for you. You can be hard and fair, but you got to be fair, but you got to be thorough, though. Yep. And I think when you start to evaluate, especially with Coach Donnie, attention to detail, he's thorough, making the best out of what he what he, what he he has, people don't realize, and this is where I get upset sometimes at the local media, he wasn't allowed to recruit his first year. Nope. <clears throat> which is weird, yes. That look right there, when, when I heard it. Wasn't said, allowed to recruit. Doesn't it take a whole staff to recruit? He wasn't a So some some staffs offensive coordinator doesn't really have to recruit. Defensive coordinator doesn't really have to recruit. What Jay is saying 
it, it, it exists. Hmm. But say you got an older offensive coordinator. Doesn't have to recruit. Somebody else picks up the slot. Especially if he's just coaching one position. One person. And that's why it's always interesting to me because I always ask him <laughs> sometimes is like these – like I ask him about recruiting because there will be coaches that will be somewhere and it might be a different position. But everybody knows football because, you know, here's what's funny. Not every offensive line coach played offensive line or, or only started coaching offensive line. Coach Rules – Matt Rules coached a ton of positions. Coach Samuel knows everything, every single position. It, so if I'm going, so if I'm riding through Kansas City and I see Kenny Wilhite and he's a option quarterback, I'm not gonna be like, man, I'm only looking at Austin, man. This dude running up and down the field, killing everybody. Yeah, you know what? Did you see anybody else? No, I was just there to watch the receiver and not mention, man. You see this this, this dude from St. Louis came in and put in work. We might need to just get him on our team and figure out what he does next. That's how you build a program. You get as many good players that are good football players and everything else will handle itself. Because if you're a good football player and within, you know, within like you're not going to have Kenny play center, right? I mean, right. But I can see a Cam Jurgens transformation. No, you'd be like Mike Webster. But at the end, but what I'm saying is you get enough football players there and it all works itself out. It does. Everything that Strick talked about, I think with your cluster Johnson's conversation, that'll weed itself out. But you get good football players there that want to play football. That loves the game. That loves the game. You essentially out there just like playing PlayStation. You really – because really what a coach really wants to do, and we'll get to break, we'll get on time, DP, I promise. What coaches really want to do, they want the locker room to police all the BS, and the coaches only want to deal with significant problems. And what they want to do is look at these screens right in there and get on a bigger white boy right here and make it work. That's what that's that's what good teams do, that are successful year in and year out. Whether they want to admit it or not, that's the truth. Coaches want to coach, right? They want to coach. They don't want to deal with all the all the nonsense. They want to coach, not babysit. Preach, because that's what the, that's what your that's what your unity council and seniors are for. So we went over about three minutes. We're gonna get in the break. We have to cut it off on the second one. Old school, but it was too good to stop, man. So I, I apologize for you people out there. We'll answer your text on the text line, and we'll get back on on uh, back on schedule. Jay Foreman, Kenny Wilhite, old school. You're listening to Old School with DP and Jay. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 